Welcome to A Better Way podcast, dedicated to mompreneurs who want to do good and feel good at work, at home, and in life. We're your hosts, Courtney and Danielle, and we get the challenges you're facing because we're living them too. We'll share tangible tips we've learned along the way to help make your life a little easier and we hope a lot more fun. We'll also chat with other moms who are making it happen so we can learn from one another because together we can find a better way. Hi there. Welcome back to another episode of A Better Way Podcast. Today you have moi, it's Courtney, and I am here to chat with you about something that I think is super important if you are a business owner. It's also super simple, but it's something that I see so few business owners do, which is why I wanted to chat about it with you today. It is something that is going to be very specific and very tangible that you can use to move your business forward no matter what type of business you have and no matter what size of business you have. What I want to talk to you about today is market research. So being in the service that I am, so as a brand and marketing agency, um, I'm working with clients all the time to get clear on who they are, why they exist, who needs to know, and why they should care about them and their brand. And oftentimes we'll start out with conversations about their ideal audience, their target customer. And we talk about who that person is, what alternatives do they have to your product or service? What may they what may they have tried before that did or did not work? Um, what is competing for their time, their attention, for their money? What pain points are they struggling with? What desires do they get out of or desire to get out of a product or service they may be purchasing? And then what hesitations or barriers do they have? And something that I find really interesting is um, twofold. One, When I have a conversation with clients and I ask them some of these questions, oftentimes they don't know the answer. And what they'll say back to me is, hmm, that's a really good question. And it is a good question, which is why I'm asking it, because we all need to know that about our business. But then the second thing that happens is they'll say to me, I don't know, what do you think? And now granted, they've hired me because I'm going to help them get to the bottom of that. But what I think is funny and is a fallacy is that People assume that if you're in brand and marketing, that you already know the answer to that, that you know everything there is to know about every single industry and category, about every possible ideal client and what is happening in their brain when they're thinking those 30 million thoughts a day. Um, That's not true. We don't know until we ask. And so why I think that this is so important is so many people make assumptions that um, they don't know the answer to this and there's no way to get the answer to it. And that some professional somewhere that is experienced has all the answers and can solve it for them. When in reality, the only way to get really clear as a business owner on who needs to know you exist and what they think about you and why they should care about you is to have a conversation with them. So market research Another you know, term I like to call it is voice of customer or voice of consumer is so important for a few reasons. As I mentioned, no one's born with all the answers. So even the most sophisticated experienced marketers don't automatically have the answers. They've just gotten really good at researching and listening. So the better that you, the, the best, excuse me, I can't talk today, the better that you can get at researching and listening to your ideal target the smarter business decisions you're going to make and the more impactful your marketing is going to be. 
Additionally, market research helps you make correct decisions and avoid incorrect assumptions. So I hate to use this really cliche term of we all know what happens when you assume, but it is very true because sometimes what, even if you've been through the journey that your ideal client or customer has been through your experience or your perspective of it now could be very different than what they're feeling in that moment. And oftentimes the way we assess experiences after the fact, is very different than what, how we would describe it or term it while we're in the thick of it. So it's really important. Also, my favorite part is market research is important because it gives you all the answers. It's actually really quite magical. It gives you insights you would have never otherwise come across. And so I do not think that you should skip this step if you're working on um, business planning. If it's something you haven't done yet, please take the time to do it because it's actually going to save you time and energy down the road. And then last but not least, it allows you to build relationships with your prospective customers and clients without having to sell to them. Most business owners that I work with do not enjoy selling themselves or their products or their services. So instead, by having a conversation, it's actually a win-win. You're building trust with them. They get to feel seen and heard. They feel valued and important to you and your brand. And they're willing to invest their time and energy with you, given you've taken time to sit with them and learn about what matters most to them. One thing that I do want to call out is I'm talking a lot about your um ideal client um, or your ideal customer. If you can't reach prospective customers, interview past or current customers, your clients, or look like someone who is in your target audience that might have used this solution yet, even if it's a family or friend, although I I do recommend steering clear um, because there can be some some bias. And I don't think that the conversations are necessarily as um, organic in some cases. Um, And I have to say that most of the clients I've worked with, no matter how early they are in their business, there's usually someone that we can talk to and that we can interview um, that is a good representation of the type of person we want to be chatting with and the insights that we want to get out of it. Um, You'll also notice, in addition to talking about, you know, interviewing past or current clients, I've also used the term interview. I do think it's really important to have a one-on-one conversation because it amplifies all the benefits that I noted above, especially building a relationship with them. Um, It's also typically much more effective, in my opinion, than mass surveys. I have worked with clients who have surveyed all of their alumni, all of their incoming students, um, all of their current clients. Um, I've also worked with product-based companies where we've surveyed their customers, and you do get good insights. What you don't always get our trends and those nuggets of the voice of the consumer that you can literally take and use in your marketing, because sometimes that takes digging a little bit deeper and it really requires probing in a way that surveys just don't let you do. That said, I do think that surveys have a role and a purpose. And I do think that you should be doing surveys at least once a year for your audiences. So for example, I work with a, um, functional nutrition certification program. We do incoming uh, student surveys. We do an alumni survey at least once a year. I work with a wealth management uh, firm. We do a customer survey once a year, I should say client survey. Um, I work with a product-based business. We do do customer surveys. Um, We also do affiliate surveys. And really this is again, a two-way street. 
they feel seen, heard, and understood. And then you're getting information and understanding what's important to them. So it's a win-win. Um, another way you could do it too, is if you don't have a strong or, um, you don't have an established base yet, definitely use social media so that if they're not even a current customer or client, you can still be getting information from your target audience if they're following you, but haven't yet converted. In fact, if people are following you and haven't yet converted, I highly encourage you to be using your social media, um, as a way to pull people, um, and get that information. Also, when you do get a chance to sit down and interview people, it does not need to be fancy. Just four or five can be super effective, can be 30 minutes or less. Um, typically on any brand projects that I do, I'm in the thick of a few of them right now. Um, I'm usually doing five customer interviews or client interviews to reinforce any secondary research I'm doing. And that's usually more than sufficient. So hopefully by now I've sold you on the fact that customer in client research, market research of any kind is super important, critical to your business. And it's also a really low cost way to get the information you need to invest your time and energy effectively. That said, just assuming you decide to implement this, what does that look like? I wanted to walk through some of the questions that I actually ask in the interviews that I do and what we're looking for to help guide you if this is something you want to implement. So one of the things I typically like to ask, especially if I know that this person is a past or a current client is how did you find XYZ product service coach or company? Doesn't matter if you're a product company or your service-based company, you want to know first and foremost, how did they find you? Um, because that also is queuing into what's been effective and, or maybe what's not effective, um, in terms of your marketing efforts. So say you're doing, um, paid search ads, um, you're doing Google ads and you assume that that's bringing in a lot of your business. And then you chat with all of your current clients and every single one of them says they were actually referred to you by a family or friend. You might want to look at that and say, okay, is there a disconnect? Is, are those Google ads actually bringing me the leads that I want? Um, or is it that most of my growth of that is actually organic? Um, should I be reinvesting my money into some type of referral strategy um, or referral program for those that are willing to sing my praises to people that are interested in my product? Um, so number one, how did you find me? Um, that it can open up a whole can of worms that you can then go down a rabbit hole, but at the very, you know, foundational level, um, it's understanding what channels and tactics really drew them to you or funneled them to you. The next question is what was going on in your life at the time that drew you to this product or these services? So what was it? Um, I, I don't know why this is the first thing that's coming to my mind, but, um, I, is it, uh, that you're going through a divorce. Um, and that is a turning point um, that led you to seek out the support of a life coach or the support of a wealth management firm. I actually know why I brought that up now. I spoke with a wealth management firm two weeks ago um, as part of a discovery call. And they were saying how their expertise is really in um, divorces and in widows um, and how they've actually partnered a lot with um, divorce attorneys. But anyways, think about it. If you were partnering with a wealth management firm and you just either your relationship ended or you lost your partner, um, you can recall emotions of feeling overwhelmed, of um, anxiety, of not knowing what you don't know, um, 
what, you know, things that are keeping you up at night, um, feeling like you're lost. You don't know even how to access your accounts. You don't know where the plans were. Um, you don't know how much is set up to support you in the years to come. So all of those emotions that someone is feeling, you want to tease out of them. You want to ask them things like, what were you struggling with and what resolution were you seeking? Um, what did that feel like? You're seeking descriptors. Like I felt like I was drowning. I felt frustrated. I knew there had to be a better way. I was spending so much money. I never had the time. This is where you're really teasing out those pain points, those things that are nagging at them and then are driving them to seek some type of solution in your product or your service. Next, you want to ask them, have you tried anything to help you with your struggles, your goals before purchasing XYZ product or before you started using XYZ services. So this is where you're wanting to tease out competitors and alternatives. And it's interesting, someone mentioned to me recently, like, why do you care about competitors and alternatives? Like every product has, should be speaking to their own strengths. And actually, exactly, I agree with that. But sometimes it's really hard to know what you are and it's easier for clients to be able to tell me what you, what they are not. And so I recommend that people go through the exercise of one, being aware of what all, what alternatives their customers or their clients have access to. And then two, understanding how you are similar and how you are different, because it's in those differences that you have white space that you can own. I've talked about that before on the podcast, having white space, a specific, you know, area within the market that you have a unique differentiator and that you can stand out for that. Um, that's really important, no matter how saturated the business um, or the industry is, no matter how new you are to the business, there is something that you can own. Um, and so this question helps you understand what else is out there that is offering a solution to the pain points that my client or customer has and it allows you to see how you're similar and how you're different so you can lean into those differences. Um, or if it is similar and it's a selling point that's important to a lot of people, you want to mention it, but then mention it plus your differentiators. The next question I recommend is what made you decide to purchase or sign on with XYZ? So if someone decides to purchase your course or um, partner with you for your services or purchase your you know, um, latest uh, product line, whatever it is, you want to know what it was that actually got them to convert. It's about teasing out the product or service selling points that you want to emphasize. Um, and it's really paying off on, you know, the pain points that they had. It's then what are they desiring? And usually it's this question results in two answers. Um, delivery of what they were desiring. So if they wanted more time, I knew that this product was going to get me more time. Um, and usually it's a feature. Um, the feature could also be price. So it could be, um, I was going to get, um, lifetime access, um, and the cost was affordable. And so you'll probably tease out both of those types of answers here. Um, it will also sometimes help you identify possible barriers. So it could be, you know what, the course was really expensive, but I was going to get lifetime access. So I knew it would be worth it. Okay. We know price is a barrier. We need to overcome it. We know that the lifetime access is going to be what's going to get them to sign on because that's what's um, demonstrating the value and the ROI for them for that purchase or that enrollment. And then I would always ask people, 
even outside of a formal interview, what has been your experience using XYZ to date, whether it's a course or product or working with a coach? What progress have you made since you purchased it or since you started using those services? How is your life different now? The reason we ask this question is to tease out the transformation. We want to know who they were before and who they are after. Are they more calm? Are they more profitable in their business? Are they less stressed? Are they more comfortable because their clothing fits better? Whatever it might be that you are selling, we want to know how your product has helped transform them. The reason being is when we go to sell to our prospective audience, we oftentimes want to put them in, um, we want them to visualize how their life will be improved or how a problem will be solved by investing their time and energy in your brand and in your business. The transformation is the story we walk them through. So yes, earlier questions asked about pain points. Yes, earlier questions asked about desires. This question though, really brings that story full circle and lets clients let you know firsthand what that transformation was. So you can tie it all together and put that into transformation statements or transformation um, creative as part of any campaign you're doing, as part of any email funnels, things of that nature. It also cues up the possibility for a testimonial. So, so often I will interview clients um, or customers for brands that I work with, and I'm doing it purely for information to inform the brand strategy and the marketing plan that I'm putting together on behalf of my client. But oftentimes there will be clients that have such a great story to tell that we can also capture that as a testimonial and then use that as content. And that's that voice of, you know, voice of consumer is, you know, taking the things that they're telling us and using it in our marketing. But then this, a testimonial is really, I consider it user-generated content. They're doing all the work for you. You can take that testimonial. You can use it in email, in social, um, in uh, product demo videos, um, in your proposal. Um, if you aren't already, you should probably be doing, you know, case studies or testimonials in your proposals so that when you're pitching things to new clients, they're seeing all the happy clients that have already invested in you, what got out of it what they got out of it. That's a total side note. And I'm going down a whole little rabbit hole there, but, um, definitely want to ask the question of how their, what their experience has been to date and how is their life different now, both to inform a transformation statement and creative and a testimonial. One thing I will note, if you interview clients, sometimes they will not be satisfied with something. Um, I actually, uh, the wealth management firm that I work with um, recently did a survey and for, by and large, everyone was very satisfied, but there were a few who had some comments and it was really interesting because the firm would have never known they had these um, concerns or were feeling underserved in these areas if I hadn't had that conversation with them. And this allowed them to feel seen and heard. And it allowed me to share that information with my, the brand that I work with and for them to rectify it, for them to either reach out to that client one-on-one or, or I should say, and modify their processes and their services to make sure that that doesn't happen again in the future. So you might not always get positive content that you want to post up on your website, but no matter what, it's going to be productive content because you can act on what's negative and use that to inform how you operate and how you serve your clients. Another question that I really like to ask people is how do you talk about XYZ brand to your friends and family? The reason I do this is it really helps to cement that voice of consumer or customer where 
You want to know how they talk about this brand or this product or this service and how they talk about it in their own words. Um, I think so often, myself included, it can be really easy to take what a customer says and then feel like we have to beautify it and pretty it up. But really what's going to resonate with your customers most is talking about it in the terms they use. Um, And I think that asking them this question, which is similar to the other questions we've asked, but asking in a slightly different way can sometimes produce different results um, that again, can specifically inform copy on your website, your emails, social posts, um, podcast episodes, you name it. um, You can leverage that for inspiration. And then lastly, last question I like to ask is if you were looking for the solution today, where would you look? Who would you talk to and what sources would you trust? This specifically is tied to your marketing plan. This teases out the key marketing channels and tactics that your current Um, and prospective customers use in order to inform where you should be putting your message for the best chances of reaching them. Um, It's interesting. I was interviewing some clients for a coach that is actually launching a course um, in a few months. And I talked to her clients um, and we talked about the different channels we use and every single person said referrals. And it's interesting because this particular coach, she's not active on social media. I do not think she should be active on social media. That is not the realm or the space that I think is going to best serve her. Um, We talked about podcasts and referrals because she's got a really powerful story to tell. um, And she's also got a really powerful network. So many happy clients that she's worked with. In fact, the reason she created the course is because her one-on-one practice is full. And so being able to leverage that as a strength and really build and nurture that is going to be really powerful for her powerful for her. Um, had I not reached out to those current and prospective clients, I may have come to that same conclusion, but I don't think I would have been as confident in it. Um, and it allows me to provide a much more targeted and tailored, um, recommendation to her, just like it allows you to really focus your efforts. So you're not spreading yourself too thin. You're not spreading your marketing budget too thin. And you know that where you are showing up, so are your prospective customers and clients, um, and that you can increase effectiveness while also increasing efficiencies. So those are the questions I recommend asking just to, um, run through them a Again, quickly, I'm going to run through all the questions just for reference. One, how did you find XYZ product, service, coach, or company? Two, what was going on in your life at the time that drew you to these services or this product? Have you tried anything to help you with your struggles or goals before you purchased XYZ product or before you started using XYZ services? What made you decide to purchase or sign on with XYZ brand? What has been your experience using this product or service to date? What progress have you made since you purchased it or started using it? How has your life changed? How is it different now? How do you talk about this product or service to your friends and family? And then lastly, if you were looking for this solution today, where would you look? Who would you talk to and what sources would you trust? So once you've captured all this information, what do you do with it? Well, first, I recommend you kind of compile all of this information into a Google Doc or into a spreadsheet, whatever you like to use. Um, 
PowerPoint slide, Canva doc, whatever. Um, I then would compare it with any secondary research or web searches you've done. Maybe you've checked out Facebook groups just to understand um, on a larger scale trends. Um, and what you want to look for is you want to look for reoccurring themes. That is where you want to focus your attention. So for example, I was just on the phone with a, a client. Um, it's a client that I work with on an ongoing basis. Um, we've done a few projects together and I've been helping him over the last six months, get really clear on his market message. And we've been refining his website and his LinkedIn presence and, um, a client presentation that he shares during kind of pitch calls or pitch meetings. And there was, you know, three selling points, um, or three desires that we kept outlining for his clients. And as his service offerings change, because he's kind of changing around his business model, those um, selling points have changed. One was save time, one was save money, and then the other one was gain peace of mind. Um, and today when we chatted, he said, you know what? I actually think I have clarity on this. I think it's not peace of mind. I think it's gain control. And the reason being is we hadn't had access. We'd done some secondary research um, and he finally went ahead and did some client research and found that like three clients in a row kept using the word control, that they wanted more control over their business. He happens to be like an analytical CFO um, and uh, also sells like a business and intelligence platform. And so they wanted more control, which ties specifically into this new kind of offering that business intelligence platform that he's rolling out. And so now we're looking at his language and saying, okay, now that we know that, we can be so much more targeted and clear in some of the messaging that we've put out there because this was that aha moment. Um, this is one of those instances where he didn't hire me to do the market research, but he did it. And that's the insight that we got. And it's going to inform everything we do from this point out. And that was a theme. You kept seeing something repeated. You kept hearing the same words coming out of the mouth of your customers. Even if it's said slightly different, you're going to see these themes and that's where you focus. Don't try to be everything. Just try to take that one you know, thread that's being pulled through all of your conversations, through all of your research, and use that as your insight that you build your marketing message off of. Um, you want to use it to inform your offerings, your website, um, social media, your sales call. It should all be kind of pulling back to the same theme that you identified. And don't overcomplicate it. As I mentioned earlier, you don't need to take what you learn and make it professional. Use it to speak with your customers and clients as if you're chatting with them one-on-one. They'll feel seen, they'll feel heard, they'll feel supported, and will for sure purchase your product or sign on for your services if you're speaking their language. So really, this is all to say market research is about making sure you're speaking the right language and one that is going to connect you to your ideal customer. You can do this on a small scale. You can do it on a big scale. All I recommend is that you do it because I've seen it change businesses for the better time and time again. Um, and it can be free and it can be simple and it can actually be really fun too. So on that note, I hope that this was helpful. Um, if you are in the process of um, starting your business, if you're in the process of growing your business, this can be a useful tool. And if you ever have any questions, my team and I would be happy to answer them. Um, you can always find me at CourtneyHenry.com um, or on uh, social at Courtney Henry Consulting. Um, I'd love to know what you think if you're using any of these practices in your own business. And um, 
If so, what you've learned, um, and if there's any other topic in the future that you think would be helpful to cover from a marketing or business standpoint, please let us know. Um, we always want to make sure that we're giving you uh, tangible tools that you can use and implement in your life and in your business. So thank you for your time. And the last thing I will say is please take a moment to uh leave a review and rate our podcast. Um, it's really, really important to us and we appreciate your support. So thanks again. And we will catch you on the next episode of a better way podcast. Thanks for listening to today's episode. For more information from today's chat, including how to reach us, head on over to the show notes. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on any of the exciting episodes to come. And please, if you liked what you heard, be sure to leave a rating and review. It's how we can help other busy moms find their better way. Until next time, mom friends.